Hi, hello, welcome. This is Future Nora coming here to you right now at this moment <laughs> to tell you that uh, this episode is glitchy as fuck. There are complete segments missing. Uh, it cuts in and out from different parts. I tried my very damned best to rearrange it to make it make sense and make some sort of coherent thought come about. There is. There's a coherent thought. I promise. Uh, like, just, just listen to it. There is. It's just like when you hear glitchy moments, just pretend like they're not there. You know what I mean? Like when you, when you hear sentences stop midway, pretend like it's a full sentence. <laughs> It it stops being as glitchy about halfway through. I promise it'll get somewhere good. Just stick with it. You know, I've heard other podcasts with messages like this of like, hey, this episode just fucked up. Like, sorry, whatever. But they don't tell you how stressful it is. <laughs> they don't tell you how annoying it has been to try to troubleshoot this to make it make sense or to try to figure out what the fuck went wrong. Um, but thank you for being here. Enjoy the episode. I promise it's a good one. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Bye. Or not bye. Listen. And then bye. Okay, bye. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Burrito Witch Chronicles. We're going to have a conversation today. Um, you've already read the title of this episode, which, uh, I, I pre-decided on because I had... Uh, a sort of, I, I sort of had an, a semblance of what this this episode was going to go like, or what I wanted to talk about in this episode. But if, before we get to that, huh? Yeah, before we get to that, I don't know if I've already if I've already explained this before, but the way, but the way, universe likes to convey its messages to me, the way universe likes to put things in perspective for me or to, I don't know how to, I don't even know how to word that properly. And my, my brain just feels, um, sad. Universe likes to give me reoccurring. They like, he likes to give me reoccurring situations and the situations reoccur so often that finally they start to sink in, sink into my brain and what I'm supposed to be gathering, what I'm supposed to be understanding. Um, let me start this off by saying, well, no, is that even necessary? This is, this is uh, going to be a conversation about race. And race is tricky to talk about. Race is also tricky to talk about when you're brown, but not necessarily brown enough. <laughs> Uh, I am a first-generation Mexican-American, but, like, I fucking know I have light skin privilege. I know that. I'm a quarter Spanish. My mom's dad was from from Spain, Kate went to Mexico to conduct business, decided to fucking capture a young Mexican woman who had two sons and was a widow, captured her because that's the way you did it in old-school Mexico times like you don't it I don't know if this is common knowledge to everyone but like check in with the like older generation 
Latinos and maybe it's other cultures too, but for sure Latinos. Like a lot of these relationships started because the men just captured women, <laughs> but it was romantic. Like, <laughs> like I know that sounds really traumatic and disgusting, but to them it was like, oh my God, yeah, like this is what my grandpa did. My grandfather knew this this young lady and he was also like 30 years older than her. I'm, I think he was significantly older than her. She had a husband. She had two kids. He had died or the husband had died. I'm sorry. She had a husband, a kid and was pregnant. And then the, the husband had died. And then here comes my grandfather, Watimok. What's his name? I feel like that's a really cool, strong name. And he, <laughs> I don't know the origins of how they met. I'm not sure of that. I've also never met him. He died when my mom was like 12. I've never met my grandma either. I never met, honestly, any of my grandparents, which I feel very unfortunate about. But, you know, it's his life. He, uh, <laughs> he grabbed her son and said, if you don't come with me, and if you don't marry me, I'm stealing your son. <laughs> and I guess she was like, okay, this is my new husband. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's the, that's the story, though. That's the way it went. Apparently, they loved each other very much. He cheated on her constantly, but again, is the way of the time. <laughs> Oh God! It's so like like my my it's funny hearing the story from my mom because I think different cousins or other cousins will say the story differently. But my mom specifically was daddy's girl. My mom specifically was like his little butt buddy. Like she loved him so 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 fucking much, and was there's a whole lot of trauma I think that she went through because he died so early in her life. But she was totally daddy's girl. Anyways, uh, was there a reason for the story? Did I just go off on the story for no reason? Probably. But yeah, he's from Spain. Stole stole this this young Mexican hot thing. Um, and then had like 10 more children. I don't know. They probably had a lot. I can't remember how many. It's a weird place to be in when you aren't necessarily a part of this American culture because I'm only first generation. My roots and my culture is very, very, very much Mexican. My upbringing is nothing like the upbringing of my white friends. It's a very unique experience being a first generation in America. It's very weird. But then on top of that, I'm the youngest of seven. And for some reason, I don't even know why this was put on me so early on. Because it was put on me for as long as I can remember, even before I had like the individual capacity to have my own likes and dislikes. Like, for as long as I can remember, I was told that I wasn't Mexican enough. Like, <laughs> I was told that my Spanish wasn't good enough. I was told that I didn't like enough Hispanic food, which I look just like a fucking kid. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to eat that. And they're like, are you fucking weird? Like, this is your food. And I'm like, I, you know, it's just fucking stupid kid shit. Like, I just didn't want to eat certain things. But then, whether or not it was because they had drilled into my head that I wasn't Mexican enough, or it's just a natural progression of, like, maybe they already saw that I wasn't Mexican enough, and, like, <laughs> and it was just followed me throughout life. Um, but I grew, <laughs> I grew up in the hood. I was always a kind of quirky kid. I think, I think Aquarians have all of that, have that in common, as they were just very weird, 
quirky kids, they're always likable, but they're just weird. You know what I mean? They're just a little bit like, what the fuck? <laughs> like you laugh with them, but also laugh at them simultaneously. Like, it's just kind of like, you're kind of fucking off. Like, I kind of like it, but you're off. That was me. <laughs> I guess still is me. But I grew up in the hood and all my friends were little cholas. Like, I'm talking like... <laughs> elementary like this wasn't even like high school like oh yeah all my friends are cholas this is elementary like all of my friends had whether or not they were or weren't in a gang like they kind of had that lifestyle and they kind of wanted that lifestyle gangster or wannabe gangster family members it was just very like well it was just fucking hood okay like that's it like whether or not they were in gangs or not they had that hood mentality uh, i was friends with them but I can tell right away that I wasn't supposed to be like I was like I know that I'm different I know that I'm different and like I remember trying to fit in I remember trying to be like fucking badass like them like yeah I'm fucking yeah I'm hard I'm fucking hard but then like eventually my true self would would, like come out and they'd be like hey fool like you fucking weird (laughs) no (laughs) and I'm like oh uh yeah, I know. Fool, my bad. <laughs> mm. And <laughs> so funny to think about like fourth graders trying to be hard. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was anyways, got to sixth grade. They fucking ditched me because they finally realized like this girl doesn't belong with us. They they finally ditched me. So then I was like floundering in sixth grade. And then like through like group hopping like it's so funny like I remember it was a really sad time in my life because like oh my god my friend group is gone who the fuck do I hang out with but like I was still like I said like I was always kind of likable so like I had different groups and so I would just kind of like group hop for a minute and eventually like I found my group which oh dear dear fucking lord we were so fucking weird and it was the best thing I found my group we were weird so weird little wannabe punk goth kids like that's what I became from like wannabe chola to like little like I found my my I found my niche like I'm I'm supposed to be right here um so then I (laughs) became so my family would call uh whitewashed what everyone would call whitewashed (laughs) but I've never felt more myself you know So it was always this conflict. So then it was like my brothers would make fun of me all the time because they'd be like, oh, like, are you goth? Are you goth? Like, oh, my God, like, you're so fucking lame. And till the, to this day, my family is always like, what are you wearing? I, I don't know if you've met me in real life. I don't wear anything weird. Like, anymore. <laughs> anymore. I used to dress really weird. I don't think anymore I wear anything weird. But it's not quote-unquote Hispanic like like my sisters when they get ready they look like um like uh, how do I describe like one of my sisters idolizes J-Lo and that's her like Stilo you know what I mean like the hoops the slick back hair the very like um Latina look it's a Latina look. Like, I can't explain it, but it's like you look at them and they have a very specific, like, oh, yeah, you fit into what you are. Like, you have, like, you're cute. You look all put together, but, like, you know, you can tell you're Latina. Like, that's your style. That's how you, whatever. I guess my style is more white or something. I wouldn't even describe it that way, but my family thinks I look so fucking weird all the time. And they always have. 
um, I've always played this weird game where, like, I never fit in either place. Well, I guess I did for a while because even though I was whitewashed, I had a bunch of Latina friends. But, like, all of my Latina friends were also whitewashed. So it, like, worked out, you know? It worked out for a while. And then in, like, eighth grade, I got really close to, um, like, my best friend was a white girl. And my mom didn't let me hang out with her (laughs) because she was, like, I saw her smoking uh, her parents obviously don't care about her. They let her do whatever she wants. I don't want you to be around that. Because that's, my mom was very, 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 very strict. And Hispanic households, maybe not all of them, but mine specifically had this, um, maybe correct, maybe it's correct, but they had this this theory that like white people's, white kids' parents didn't care about them enough and didn't care to check on them or see where they're at. And so she was like, you see white kids, they're the, always the ones who need, who need rides from school because their parents aren't there to pick them up. Like she was like, <laughs> she's like, I know you hate me, but at least I'm here, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, whatever mom, I do hate, you know, I never said that. Oh, fuck. I'd get my, I would get my ass kicked if I ever said I hate my mom. But fast forward to me as an adult, I am now this woman who carries both with her and is also neither and anytime I experience another Latino person or anytime I get close to a Hispanic person or anytime like I I come in contact with a person who doesn't speak English and they're like oh hablas, you know do you speak do you speak um Spanish and I'm like oh my my response is always fucking the same since I was a kid I was like oh yeah I do I was like I understand it perfectly but I can't speak it as well and then like I will start talking like what do you mean like you know Spanish way better than I know English and I'm like yeah yeah but it's not like perfect and I just kind of like it's drilled in my head that I'm not Latina enough like it's drilled in my head and so I always have to make that excuse of like yeah like I'm Latina but like I'm not really Latina like yeah I'm first generation in my experiences like I (laughs) I have always assumed that I was super 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 white like, I'm like, yeah, I've been told that all my life. Apparently, I'm really white. And then I'll, like, express experiences with my other Latino friends. Like, oh, fuck, you're way more Hispanic than... You're way more Mexican than I am. Oh, shit. Like, you, you're, like they see my dad and they're like, oh, fuck, yeah. He's, like, OG Mexican, man. And I'm like, I know, like, sombrero botas. Like, the whole fucking... Get- <laughs> I'm like, I know. Like, I, that's my... That's that's all I've known. Like, that's, that's my upbringing. But apparently, it's not enough... <laughs> like it's not enough uh so says my family like it's not enough anyways so I'm this adult woman that carries both and for the past few years I have been surrounded by a lot of white people (laughs) like a lot of white people and it has given me it has for a while until until this this honestly Honestly, for until this this very uh, recent Mars retrograde ended, I have had a huge complex that I'm too angry. My presence isn't soft enough. I've had this too this huge complex of like I'm too assertive, aggressive. Like my roommate Christy will always be like, honestly, it's just who you're around. Like they're just weak. <laughs> Yeah, you say that, but that's the, like, consistent message I'm getting. So, I mean, like, I don't want to just be, like, everyone around me is saying this, but I'm still going to assert to the fact that 
I'm not that aggressive and mean and whatever. Uh, and so finally, this past Mars retrograde, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not mean. I'm assertive and I'm confident and I know what I want. And I know what I don't want. But I'm not mean. I'm not mean. And it took like three years for me to like realize that I'm not mean. I'm actually really fucking nice and accommodating. I'm actually really fucking nice and accommodating and understanding. But also, you come at me the wrong way. And you're not going to like the side you see of me. Because I am not afraid to tell you to get the fuck out of my face. And I don't even say it like that, though. I have this way of dealing with things that's diplomatic, I think. Like, my energy is like, don't fuck with me. But when I say things, I'm like, hey, you're not going to come at me like that because I don't appreciate it. So come correct or you can leave. So I'm not like, fuck you. I'm just kind of like, listen, I'm not accepting this. So either change it or you can get out of my face. I tell them diplomatically and but it's me opening dialogue like I'm like hey I don't like this I don't I don't accept this so let's that's it I tell you what I like I tell you what I don't like I say tell you what I want I tell you what I don't want let's communicate but it's not soft and I keep getting the the repeating message of like you're intimidating you're intimidating you're intimidating but I don't know for a while I thought I had to change that but now I'm like that's your problem if you're intimidated by me. I'm not trying to intimidate you. I don't want you to be scared of me. I would love to connect. Let's like let's fucking get to know each other. But I guess if you're too scared, then you're not the right people for me. <laughs> Cause I'm not I, I'm not like not hard to get close to. And I finally accept that. Like, see, a, a few months ago, you wouldn't have heard me say that. This is this is a new epiphany for me. And I'm really fucking, I'm really fucking happy to have entered it. And it was a multitude of things that happened. It was me being fucking mad the entirety of Mars Retrograde. Like, the entirety. I spent three fucking months just mad. Mad at fucking everything. My poor poor fucking boyfriend <laughs> like he's just like man what the fuck you know i'm like i am so fucking sorry i am but even as i'm saying that i'm like fucking mad i'm like i'm sorry i was like i'm just mad and i feel mad bless his bless his little his little aries heart he uh he actually helped me a lot through this epiphany without i don't think knowing it maybe he does know it I think he likes to pretend like he doesn't know as much as he does. He's very, very smart. He was like, you're, <laughs> you like to pretend like you're all hard, but you're really fucking soft, you big baby. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> like, shut up. He's like, whatever. I could take it. And I'm like, no, you can't. He's like, yeah, I can. I could take it. I'm like, okay. And I just <laughs> look at him all side eye and I walk away. Oh, you can take it? Okay. And so I think I would like, I think I would try to test it and like push boundaries in little, little ways, like not malicious, mean ways, but I would like, can you take it? Because I'm like, given my past relationship trauma, like I am just consistently thinking, oh, he's going to think I'm too mean. And then, and then like, he seems like, yeah, I'm, d I'm done. I keep testing it. Like, can he take it? But he can. Like, <laughs> he can.
he, he's not lying. So <laughs> I haven't even gotten to what I'm supposed to talk about because it's, uh, it's been weighing on me recently. Both jobs. I have two jobs. I'm surrounded by majority wealthy white Republicans. Didn't bother me before necessarily like I mean like I'm like oh my god you guys are so you guys are a lot sometimes but like you know it didn't bother me in fact when I had gotten my second job you know how I said initially universe likes to play these funny games where it blatantly just puts shit in my face and I'm like okay I get it I had this beginning of like last year I had this severe hatred for men like I really did specifically successful men in suits like, I, I just didn't trust men, but I really didn't trust men in suits. Like, it's so funny. Like, I attributed success and wealth to, like, being a bad person. <laughs> I don't think I'm too far off, to be honest, but it's not the absolute truth. For sure, it's not. But I attributed it to success. I attributed it to suits, and I attributed it to men. But in general, I just wasn't too fond of men at the time. And I'd gotten a job where I am primarily around wealthy white men in suits <laughs> and I'm like all right universe I see you I see you and I had like it really opened my eyes like I part of it was part of the my hatred for that was because I felt not worthy of that I am this little Mexican girl who I knew right off the bat you saw me as less than but it wasn't that they saw me as less I just saw myself as less than them I was taught I don't know where I was taught that, but whether it was my family, whether it was society, whatever it was. That's why, like, if I have kids, I go back and forth on this all the time because I've seen, like, parenting styles where they're, like, um, where they're people of color and they're, like, listen, the world's going to be harder on you than it is for other people, so you have to work 10 times as hard. But then I'm, like, I like that. I'm into that. But then I'm also like that gives them the perception that the world is already working against them. I don't want them to be naive. But I also want them to be like, no, this is fucking yours. I don't think I want to instill in my children the fact that this society isn't built for them. That I was supposed to be less than. This, all of this, is yours too. You step out into the world and you fucking belong to it. You are not less than anybody here, just like you are not better than anyone here. You walk in your power. Each step you take, that space that you inhabit is yours. I don't know if I would teach my child that because of racist and sexist societal norms, it's going to be harder for them. I think I'll let them learn that on their own through the world. It's like, yeah, you are deserving of it. If you walk into the world assuming already that you're a less than, because your energy speaks a lot for you. If you walk into the world already expressing and already feeling like you are deserving of it, it reciprocates. Or you you come off with like a chip on your shoulder. And you already assume that these people, it either looks like an insecurity, and people don't like that, are just against you. So where I'm at now is very comfortable with I guess you can say (laughs) this sounds super lame but I guess you can say I'm very comfortable around people with uh, more powerful positions than my own 
I think that also comes from really strict parenting. Like you're taught to like be very timid and, and obedient to power and to authority figures. And so now at this point, I have learned enough and I've gathered enough and I've been exposed enough that I'm like, yo, you just like me. Um, oh, we, we are completely the same. You just have more money. <laughs> you just have more privilege. <laughs> That's the only difference. You are a flawed human being just as I am. Just as am I? Is that there? I don't know. But now we find ourselves in present day. At the end of the catastrophic year that is 2020, post-COVID, post-protests, post-election, post just <laughs> so much and you wouldn't think covid would be related to um uh, to this racism talk but it sure the fuck is <laughs> oh god it sure the fuck is i live in california and as i can see or as i am it, being informed through other people we are we are treating this this um whole pandemic a little more conservatively than other people than middle america i'm like how are we doing so poorly like we are in my opinion like there's nothing short of complete lockdown like hard shutdown there's nothing else we can really do like we are wearing masks like we are so, so I live, I mean, not specifically in this town. We're not, like, super hard on it. But, like, if you go to L.A., like, you're not allowed in somewhere without a mask. Uh, I went to <laughs> I went to Ventura a few months ago. And I felt really self-conscious because people were walking around the streets with masks on. And I didn't have a mask on. I'm like, I don't want one on. I don't want one on when I'm walking down the street. But then I'm like, fuck, okay. I'm like, I'm... <laughs> Like, I'm like, ugh, it's kind of hot. And I'm just, I don't want to wear this. It was making me so grumpy. <laughs> it was making me so grumpy to have to, like, walk around with the sun blazing on me and with a mask on. Like, it was making me so grumpy. And so, like, I'm like, what, how else? I mean, I'm not sure how else we can be doing better at this. But then I realized, and I didn't realize at the time, the entirety of middle America doesn't give a flying fuck. <laughs> the entirety of middle America is pretending like this is all fake and just go about your lives. And I say that and I don't like to be public about this because especially when I'm talking to people because the people I'm talking to generally are like um, – anti-maskers and covid deniers and i'm not denying it's not a thing but my conspiracy theory brain starts getting into this and i'm like this is very there's something fishy about this i'm i by no means am saying that i'm not going to wear a mask and by no means am i saying that that means i shouldn't follow regulations because my conspiracy theory or my theory about this doesn't trump scientific evidence doesn't trump the cdc your theory doesn't trump the CDC. As much as you don't trust all this bullshit, I kind of don't trust it either. But am I going to put myself and everyone I love in danger because of my theory? Nah, fuck you. You guys are fucking suck. I'm so angry. Even people who are COVID deniers 
get COVID. And then are like, oh, I don't give a fuck. This is this this isn't anything. This still isn't it. Like they're still denying it. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. So, I mean, I've been dealing with that one for a few months with a bunch of um because if I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the mask the 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 mask the anti-maskers and the COVID deniers generally fall within a certain realm of conservative Republican religious religious. That's another key. Religious white Americans. I've been doing that for a while. I have just been like, okay, that's fine that you think that. Like, I guess my thoughts aren't a hundred percent different, but my the only difference is like I'm not going to just completely say fuck it and not listen because of my I my theory. But what upsets me, and this has been upsetting me, but post the election and and the the conversations that I've been overhearing, what upsets me <sighs> I'm getting mad thinking about it again. What upsets me is how upset they are about being forced to wear a mask. Because what that tells me is this is the first fucking time that you've ever felt like your liberties are being taken away from you. How are you going to tell me to wear a mask? This is, this is free America. Do you not understand that it was like 50 years ago? There are still people alive today who experienced segregation who experienced being told that no you can't drink from that fountain you must drink from that no you can't sit down in this restaurant no you can't what do you fucking mean this is free america what do you fucking mean you can't take away my liberty you all you have been taking away the fucking liberties of people in this country for generations that's why it upsets me Because they are so fucking upset about having to put fabric over their face to keep other people safe, to keep themselves safe. But you guys had no fucking problem. You guys have no fucking problem when people are still being lynched. You guys have no fucking problem when there's children in cages. That's fine, right? When police are killing black people on the street. God forbid you have to wear fabric over your face when you leave your home. And last night, I had a conversation with people who I've learned to kind of like. People who I've gained a fondness for. I see them and I care about how their day went or what's going on in their lives. And to be honest, it doesn't even matter what the conversation was. It wasn't necessarily with me. It was amongst the people who were there at the time. But it was a very racist conversation. In a in a in a very like, oh, but I'm not racist kind of way. You know what I mean? And they're having this conversation in front of me and I realized I think they forget that I'm brown. Because there was no hesitation in anybody's voice of like, maybe this isn't completely okay to say. Maybe this isn't completely okay to, like, talk about openly. And they blanket these terms with, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm not racist and uh, I have black friends and I have whatever. It's like, yeah, you have black friends, sure, but do you respect them? As in, did they carry inherent value 
upon meeting them or did they have to earn that value? Did they have to earn that respect? Oh, he's cool because he's not like one of those other ones. I've gotten that so many times growing up. Oh, you're cool because you're like Mexican, but you're not that kind of Mexican. At the time, I took it as a compliment. (laughs) I'm ashamed to say. I was young. I was dumb. I didn't realize how inherently disgusting and racist that is. Oh, cool. I'm not like the other ones, so I'm accepted. I'm allowed to be around you. And it dawned on me that I don't even think it's my light skin privilege. I think what it is is that I've uh, successfully assimilated. It's not even that I don't present or look Latina. It's that to these racist people, I don't fit their stereotype. I'm not what they see when they think Mexican. They have this image in their head of what it is to be Mexican. They have an image when you say a black person. They have an image in their head when you say Muslim. And I almost can't even blame them. (laughs) I hate to say that because I do blame them and I can blame them. (laughs) But it is human nature to categorize things as what you know, what you don't know. Because our brains can't store immense details at all times, you have to simplify things. And sadly enough, they simplify to stereotypes. Because they have never really gotten into position where they are intimate with people who are not like them, they just revert to stereotype. I honestly think it's subconscious. That's why these people don't think they're racist. That's why it's so hard for them to understand. This is the closest I've got to like being a white person with a racist grandpa. You know, having a grandpa who I love and care about, but he still uses the N-word. Like, this is the closest I feel like I've gotten to that point where I'm like, oh my God, like, I know you're not a terrible person. And yet, you are saying, you are saying some terrible and outlandish things. And I, I, I don't know how, how, what to make of it. Because I still don't hate you, but also fuck you. What is that? Why is it that I'm, I'm having to, why is it that universe feels the need for me to go through this? I was perfectly fine seeing these people and knowing they're racist and leaving it at that. But no, universe is like, no, get to know them also. Get to know them a little bit more. (laughs) Fuck that, dude. But that's where I'm at. That's where I am. And I'm sitting here thinking like, Universe, what is it that you're trying to make me understand? And why would you allow me to be put in a position where you actually befriend these people just to see how ugly they can be? (laughs) You brought me full circle. I already knew this was there. (laughs) I already knew it. Like, what the fuck? Why would you bring me full circle like that just to fuck with me? And I think because I had to feel worthy. Uh, I'm I'm not definitely not going to get into it. But what I want to do and what I want to be and what I want to achieve. I need to be close to these people. I need to feel worthy of these people who came from the hood. Whose parents taught her nothing about achieving. They taught her how to work hard. I had this conversation. It was actually really fucking sad, to be honest. I was sitting in a restaurant 
and talking to my mom. It was my mom and my aunt. And my mo- my aunt is actually very. It's it's really interesting. It's another interesting part of my upbringing is that my mom's family in Mexico is actually really wealthy. <laughs> actually, really well off. They're like lawyers and nurses and dentists and all that stuff. Um, if she would have stayed in Mexico, she probably would have had a better life than if she came here. But uh, she was supposed to come here to study, but uh, ended up getting married, getting knocked up, that whole spiel. And then she was like, "This is my life." And we were talking about how the rich just know how to stay rich and they their offspring even if they're not that fucking smart not that fucking driven don't really have all that much like there's not really all that much special about them they continue to generate wealth it's just like this this lineage of abundance when you know how to be abundant you pass that on and she was there. She's like, well, I know I taught you guys how to work hard. I'm like, yeah, mom. <laughs> here here I am working hard. To say like, yeah, you taught me how to work hard. And look at where that's really like. And I wasn't, that was kind of a joke. I didn't mean to say that to make her feel bad. Like I'm like, oh, well, here I am working hard. Because she always gives me a hard time about like not having a, a quote unquote career like my mom wants um my mom's goal for us was to have like a desk job like she wanted a job for us where um we would have benefits in 401k and that was just all that she wanted for us is just a steady job like that and I mean I've always made enough to support myself but it wasn't the the job that she had thought (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, so I, that's why I said that joke, not to make you feel bad, but just like, well, um, you taught me how to work hard and here I am. And she kind of got serious and she was like, I knew no other way. And that's all I knew was how to work hard and how to teach you guys how to work hard. And I struggled with that a lot because there was a while there where I'm like, where, where I was really mad that I realized working hard isn't enough. Because good Lord, my, my, my people know how to work hard. <laughs> they fucking hustle. <laughs> they don't complain. They do what needs to be done. And then some. I'm like, yeah, mom, you taught me how to work hard. And it hit her that that, that wasn't enough. She didn't teach us how to be abundant. She didn't know. You can't teach something that you don't know. You know how to work hard to scrape by. You know how to work hard to survive. But we out here trying to be abundant. That's one thing I learned from white people. Is how much charm gets you to the top. It's not even about being like, I mean, definitely attractiveness helps. 100% attractiveness helps. But it's about being charming. It's about feeling worthy and my people walk into the room a lot of the time not feeling worthy of the space they are inhabiting my entire life i heard i heard comments from my siblings if we go into a space like, oh god this is really fucking white this is really white <laughs> meaning like i feel uncomfortable like this is not my 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 scene it's too white <laughs> And I guess the only perspective I can really offer here is one from a first-generation Mexican-American. 
I can't speak to any other person of color's experience. They're all so different. And that's that's the problem, I think, is that, like, white people are like, well, <laughs> one person's arguing about something and now someone else's. They can't fathom the fact that we all have, it's not one co- collective experience. Like, we all have different experiences uh, as people of color in America. <laughs> I can just tell you from my perspective. But overwhelmingly, immigrants aren't taught to take risks. I would argue just not maybe not even immigrants i think when you're in the life of hustle when you're in the life of just trying to survive that's not even a uniquely immigrant experience just trying to survive when you're coming from a place of lack risk seems like death risks just aren't an option because you feel so much lack that you're like, I don't even have anything to risk. I mean, like, like I- I'm barely making it as it is. How the fuck does that seem like a good move to like completely just annihilate myself? It is a privilege to take risks. And that is what my mom didn't realize to help us survive. And she just wanted an easy, straightforward life for us. Go to college get a good job, get a 401k, you're good. You're set. That's it. No more struggle. No more hardness. But that's not a life. Yeah, you don't want us to struggle. But that was the wrong goal, you know? She worked so hard to just survive. You want us to prosper. You want us to be abundant. And she does, and she, she, she did, and she does. But when you come from a place of lack and a place of just hustle, hustle, my poor mother, God, she worked. My background is, rele- is relevant. Hey, guys, sorry, I got cut off. I was recording for like another half hour before I realized that it stopped recording me. So I guess that means you guys didn't need to hear what I was saying. <laughs> Or what I was saying wasn't necessary. I have come here with the intention to talk about what I learned from white people. And I re-listened to the things I already said. I re-listened to what I already recorded. And while I ragged on white people a whole lot, (laughs) it's all relevant. The thing is, is I had decided to make a podcast about this topic before the universe had decided to insert privileged white people that I have gotten to know and have liked and 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 enjoyed their company allowed me to connect with them get close with them and then see a side to them that I didn't like at all I had decided to make this episode before universe just (sighs) disillusioned me And I can't say disillusioned is the right word because, again, it's not something that necessarily surprises me. I'm not shocked by how they feel. I think I'm shocked that I allowed myself to befriend someone or to befriend people who fall into that category. Because that is exactly why I didn't want to befriend these people. 
there's no room or space for bigotry in my life. And I feel like I'm getting pretty extreme because they're none, none of these people are like my best friends. <laughs> I'm not like hanging out with them and like, they're, we're, we're not like, you know, super close or anything. So like, I feel like I'm being semi-dramatic. But I'm very protective of myself and of my circle and who I let in and who I don't. My walls are very high. My boundaries are very tight. This has been a year or like universe has been working this thing on me where it wants me to lower my walls. So I've been working on it actively. I've been allowing people in that I normally wouldn't. And what I've realized is that it's not because universe thinks that I'm necessarily off base with my snap judgments. I really don't think so. I think my snap judgments are actually very fucking accurate. At first, I thought that might be what it is. Like, oh my God, the universe is trying to say that you think you know people when you really don't. And the truth is, is I know them pretty well. But before, I knew something about someone and then that was enough for me to completely write them off. And the universe is like, no, 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 no. You know something about someone and you know that that doesn't have to be what you accept into your life. But it also doesn't mean that they are 100% evil and, like, go to hell. Because <laughs> that's how I am. Like, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I used to be very uh, black and white. I trust you. You are entering my circle. I don't trust you. And no matter how hard you fucking try, you're not entering my circle. I know who you are. I don't trust who you are. Therefore, I don't even want to get to know not one bit of you and universe wants me to be a little more flexible on that to come to the very conclusions that I'm making this podcast for to become a more well-rounded person to not be so rigid to be more fluid my ass is surrounded by mutable signs for a fucking reason <laughs> so many Gemini's and Pisces around me I don't know too many Sagittarius's or Virgos to be honest I know a couple but not many but oh Gemini's and Pisces galore <laughs> and with Pisces I understood their fluidity because they are water and water is naturally fluid and they just followed how they felt and where and even though I didn't agree with it I understood it Gemini however Gemini however I'm like you are air I am air I, I can I can understand air I, I, I am on the same wavelength as that so how the fuck are you so fluid? Thoughts to me seem very concrete. They can be expansive and they can be outlandish, but they are nonetheless concrete, in my opinion, of course. You can't say something and not stand behind it. And Gemini's like, watch me say something and then say the opposite thing the next day. And I believe both sides wholeheartedly. I'm like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> I'm getting off topic. You know, I was going to go back into it. I was going to continue this episode on the theme that I wanted to. I was going to continue this episode in the manner that I had originally planned. But that that just, I don't have it in me anymore. I've tried to get back into the to what I was trying to say. And I've tried to like 
and I've tried to get back into the flow, but you know, it just ain't working. So I'll leave it at that. But I will say this year has been about me living in the world and I've really slacked on all ritual. I've really slacked on all spiritual kind of maintenance that I have gotten so used to. That is part of my spiritual self, I guess. I don't know. And I kind of felt guilty about it. I felt like I was being a bad witch. I was being a bad, I don't know, energy worker or something. And I guess I am, you know, (laughs) I guess I am. But I I don't feel that guilty about it anymore. Like I think, like I, I think what I learned this year is I'm fucking tired of feeling guilty about anything. Like that's the way this year is gonna go and that's the way it's gonna go. Yeah, I didn't really make that much space and time for ritual. Is it helpful? Does it help me? Does it empower me? Does it guide me? Does it give does it make my life better? Hell yes, it does. But this year wasn't that. This year is so many uncomfortable endings and so many uncomfortable beginnings. They all feel weird. They all feel unfamiliar. They all feel uneasy. And I was around a whole lot of people who are very, very different from me. And that was on purpose, I think. And even thinking back to the protests that were happening during the summer, and if you can remember how, I mean, if you cared at all about what was going on, I guess, not everyone was that, I guess, traumatized by it or like negatively affected by it. But like, if you remember how you felt, my nervous system was shot so shot I was so tired of watching people of color just get the shit end of the stick (laughs) but but I am a firm believer in in uh we will never obtain world peace I don't think it's a goal of this planet to obtain world peace did you guys see that that tiktok of that chick who uh look okay like I I don't I don't remember detail I will tell you right now I never remember details so I will never remember names of people I will never remember exact quotes from people I will never remember anything exact because I am fucking shit at remembering detail I just remember vague things anyways how she said that there's this like chick on TikTok that was saying how we are like the planet that's been on timeout that's very unlikely given how big our universe is that we wouldn't have found life on other planets thus far so if we haven't have found planets, if we haven't, sorry, if we haven't found life on planets so far, it's because the other people on other planets put us on a timeout because <laughs> we have to be by ourselves because we're a bunch of like Neanderthal fuck ups, you know what I mean? And then it makes me think like, hell yeah, that's probably true. But then I'm like, oh my God, what did I do to end up here? <laughs> oh my God, what did I do to end up here? I'm so upset. But I don't think will ever achieve world peace that is not unfortunately conductive to uh bettering ourselves when everything is good we tend to chill and relax and and uh that's not a bad thing I'm not saying we always have to be constantly like in a panic or a tizzy or whatever but we are more likely to just chill I follow Jessica Lignato, who is an astrologer. She's one of my favorites. And 
I think it's because she's the least woo-woo of all the of all the astrologers, which is funny because she's an astrologer, right? So you would think like you're you're slightly on the mystical um, woo-woo side. But one of the things she always says is that we are lucky to do the work. That we feel lucky that you get to do the work. That you are aware enough in this moment to work on yourself. And whenever we have transits that are um, really easy and feel good, we tend to not do the work. And so she's a Capricorn. So she's like really like, yeah, let's do work. Let's fucking do work. So I I understand that she's like, yeah, this is a nice transit. Like, eh." Like, she hardly ever fucking talks about the nice transits. Or, like, when she when we do have a nice transit, she just kind of glosses over it. Because, like, yeah, it'll be nice. You'll like to do this or you'll probably want to do this. And, and yeah, like, go have fun. But then, like, <laughs> like she just kind of, like, meh. Like, it doesn't matter to her. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, that makes sense, though. Like, we love to feel good. And, hell, yeah, feel good. Like, I think if, I think this conversation to a Taurus would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, (laughs) let me fucking relax. But we will never achieve world peace on this planet because then the work would be done. I think the universe would have completed its journey. If, if, if for whatever reason, our universe had a journey and had a destination and had its own, like, leveling up to do, once we all reached world peace it would be done there would be nothing else necessary there is this episode and it's so stupid and it's a it's a charmed you guys remember that little gem yeah i love i love cheesy magical shows oh give me every single cheesy magical show i will watch the fuck out of it there is this episode of charmed and this was like in the later season so you had to be like a real hardcore fan to have watched it to all the way to this point (laughs) there is like a later season uh, I mean, a later episode in the later seasons, whatever, where, oh God, what are they called? Remember how I said I don't remember details? Jesus Christ. Anyways, they were trying to follow these other things, these these other people who were not the elders, which is what the like higher powers are, is the elders. And they were something else. And the elders were like, no, don't follow them. They're bad. And they're like, but they're promising us utopia. What is so bad about utopia? Like, this seems beautiful. And they even gave Phoebe, the one with the visions, they gave her a vision of what the future would look like if these other things actually had control over the universe. And she goes, oh, my God, it's beautiful. And I I felt so at peace and I felt good. And then eventually, whatever, they fought to get that reality and they got that reality and it was just off everything was too good everything was so good that there was no longer room for complexity there was no longer space for the 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 whole of the human spectrum of emotion we'll never have world peace because because nowhere in nature does it exist and I guess it's it's all sort of relative as well, just like morality is. It's all kind of relative to your perspective. It's almost as if violence is a universal law. Not only is it found, obviously, in humans, it's found in animals, but it's also found in the like outer space. Like things clash into each other. Things just erupt. They stars die and explode, and that's violent. That's violence. Is it not? Am I getting off base here? I might be. 
nothing is perfect. We will never be perfect. We will never be void of ego. I was talking to my boyfriend. We were talking about colonizers and having like a thought experiment about what makes humans need to to expand to different territory. And we're trying to think about in animals if if animals like need to like push people out of other territory or push other creatures out of territory and it's only out of necessity. Like it's only like they can't live where they're at any longer so they have to go somewhere else. Like as far as we know, like again, thought experiment, we're totally just kind of talking out of our asses here. And we were both kind of trying to spit out why humans felt the need to conquer other land. They've done it since forever. Different people have had different motivations. Different nations have had different motivations. I don't I I would be willing to bet you can't find a single fucking region, a single fucking country or tribe or whatever that didn't try to take over something else. That didn't try to like say I want that. To say I want that. I'm going to have that. <laughs> and what is that motivation? What is it in humans that makes us want to be like jealous and greedy? It's ego, right? It's ego that makes me feel I'm better than you. It's ego that makes me feel I am less than you. It's ego that makes me feel greed. I don't have that. I need that. What? I'll do whatever I have to do to get that. But it's not, it's not ever, whenever ego's involved, it's not ever anything we actually need. We just fucking want it because someone else has it and it's cool. <laughs> and we want in on it because we're like, oh my God, that's really cool. I want to be cool too. We'll never have world peace because we'll never have uh, non-ego people. <laughs> we'll never have humans exist without ego. And it's not about abolishing ego. I mean, I don't think it's possible. I think, I don't, I don't know if we can separate ourselves from that. Is ego death even possible? This eclipse right now, and let me just cut, let me just do a quick little side note. We are in eclipse season and these eclipses are making my brain just experience thought bigger than me. Like it's, it's, not it doesn't feel great this eclipse <laughs> doesn't feel grounded in any sort of way shape or form <laughs> like uh, like my my head I am being extra airy right now like I'm all air at the moment my thoughts are just way ahead of anything I can actually ever know for sure if that makes sense a anyways that's a side note <laughs> I just keep asking myself really I I just find myself like the past two weeks asking myself really big questions that I'll never know the answer to. <laughs> so I'm like, why am I asking myself this? I'll never know the answer, but I can't help it. I've done it forever. Aquarian through and through. Like I cannot, I can't not not ask myself these big open-ended, weird, expansive questions. But before I get just too big and just lose everyone, I think I'll, I'll, I think I'll just kind of end it here. But I'll end it with saying, I think I have a lot more to say about what I learned from white people. because, And it feels really important to me because I think what I learned from them will help break so many of us free from the bondage that we carry because of our ancestry. 
it feels important because it feels like it's connected to to law of correspondence. What's within me will resonate outside of me. And if people of color's internalization is purely lack, then that is what we always will resonate. What I learned from white people is what I learned from Aries. <laughs> the I am, that is, that is like the tagline for Aries, is I am. That is how white people in America walk around. I am. And they say it loud and they say it proud. I truly don't believe, the majority at least, of white people intend to be racist. <laughs> and I understand why they get defensive and offended by the constant attacks because they genuinely don't feel racist. And I do believe that their intention is not malicious or bad or negative. Most of them. Of course I can't say that for everyone. Of course. But they have set up a system in which it is only safe for them to say I am and no one else. And the system has gone on for so long they don't even see that it's put in place. They can't understand the opposing side because they've never had to experience it. They see equal or, or they imagine that this is equal and they say, well, I can walk up and say I am. Why can't you? It's not my fault that you're too scared to walk up and say I am. I guess it's not your fault personally. It is the fault of a larger systemic racist system. It's your ignorance of it that makes people angry. It's your denial of it that makes people angry. But I do realize once you become aware of that fact, of the fact that you can say I am, yes, it puts certain people in more danger to walk up and say I am. There are different ways you have to go about it to get to that point where you can walk up and say I am. There's no moment in time where a white person has to think about the circumstances surrounding the moment where they stand up and say I am. That's, that's the whole fucking difference. That's the whole fucking point. There's no moment in time in which they have to think about whether or not it's safe for them to stand up and say, I am. People of color do. But according to law of correspondence, if within me I feel worthy, if within me I feel equal, with that energy and with that mentality, if I stand up and say, I am, the people around me must comply given that law. They will agree according to that law they will see me stand and say i am and they will say yes that's what she is and with that thank you so much for listening to another episode i really do enjoy this platform uh please if you feel so inclined share this podcast tell your friends about it tell your family about it tell uh, your neighbor about it again if you'd like to reach me at any sort of place or whatever, or any sort of manner, you can always reach me at Burrito Witch on Instagram, Burrito period Witch on Instagram. And I am doing readings, but right now only in-person readings until I get a better setup for doing online readings again. So yeah, if you'd like a reading for me, hit me up, DM me, email me, text me if you know me. Let's do this thing. Thanks again, and bye guys.